Hello and welcome to the Ump. This is episode eight. I'm your host Ali, as always, but this time James is back. Hey, I've been busy, but like I've come back. And suspiciously, <laughs> no Iffy and Alex. Oh. So clearly, there is my theory of him transforming out into Alex and Iffy might be. Sustainable. No, I'll tell you the truth, really, I just do their voices every other week to mix up a little bit. Like, I just pretend to be two people. He basically pretends to be a schizophrenic. Well, no, he doesn't pretend he's actually schizophrenic every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know you've missed this persona, so I had to come back. I've been busy doing stuff. He has a life, and I, I do don't. have a life, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got a life, but I had to come back. I missed Ali as well. Oh, you, he did miss me, and I missed him. But, um, but the, listener, the listeners... Missed you, the ones we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard you've had no <laughs> listeners. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're going to be reviewing Senna today, the documentary about Ayrton Senna. But first, we're going to first of all go into news. So, James, um, I want to talk about actually the first news I want to talk about is the Catwoman costume, the first official okay, yeah. image of it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just want to ask you, what do you think of Anne Hathaway in that picture, you know? In yeah. this one, no, we're yeah. looking at. So. Yes, oh. the podcast, the people who are listening to it clearly know what you're on about. <laughs> no, 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 I'll describe it to you. Yeah, all right, all right, fine. Anne Hathaway's sitting on um, a motorbike. Is that the same bike that... Batman. Yeah, okay, the same bike that Batman was on in... in, in um, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, fill in the gaps for me, yeah. All right. I think about it. You can't really see her costume. This is an awful, awful picture for you to show me because I haven't seen it before. Um, I don't think I'm comfortable with Anne Hathaway being Catwoman. Really? No, because she's the she's always in my heart going to be the girl that was in the that, those princess films. <laughs> princess <laughs> uh, Bride or yeah. Diaries? Or something? I think it's Princess Diaries. Yeah. Okay, something so, like that. But yeah, to me, I but she's really hot. How so. can she be? No, she's not hot. Anne Hathaway is not hot. No, she's that like plain looking. No, she's beautiful. Okay, she's not hot. She's beautiful. There's a difference. Even if even if she is beautiful, it doesn't stop her from being plain. She needs to have something special about her. I think she did. She's got a great smile. She's got a great smile. But we were talking about her looking like Catwoman. I don't think she looks like Catwoman. She hasn't even got any ears in her head. But this is what I'm thinking, right? Like, because the people, the PR people Mm -hmm. of Warner Brothers or DC or whatever are Mm -hmm. calling her Selena Kyle, which is her actual name. Catwoman's actual name. And, uh... I think that works better. So wait, she's not Catwoman then? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that she is playing the role of Catwoman without want, calling her Catwoman. Calls, calls her Catwoman. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. I mean, besides, I know it's Batman, but they actually spent a whole hour setting up Batman in the film. Yeah. You know, you can't have that in the third... Well, I'm not saying you can't have that, but I think it's difficult to now incorporate a Catwoman. I think, mm-hmm. especially because it'll seem a bit uninspiring in the world Nolan has set up mm-hmm. and she seems like I mean you look at the goggles she has she seems like a high tech person and she does that yeah. yeah and also I'm thinking because she's meant to be a thief isn't she in terms of my mythology uh, in yeah, the comics yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think it works in that sense you know she she probably can steal Batman's pod because mm-hmm. she is that kind of very conniving mm-hmm. person and you know she likes to steal stuff and she likes toys in a way I'm not thinking she's going to play up like the Michelle Pfeiffer kind of thing in, yeah. uh, in the film like the Batman for Batman Returns film or was it Batman Forever? I can't remember. I think it was Returns. I think it's Returns. Can't remember, I can't but um, anyway, I think in this, I mean, I think it's going to be her role is going to be. She's probably going to be an anti-hero, not a villain, but an anti-hero. And People love an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is that, that I think that that's the role she's going to be playing, and it isn't going to be the typical Catwoman with ears because it just doesn't make sense. I think in the 
Maybe they call her as a nickname. Maybe, you know, yeah, one of those little nods that someone would be like, oh, she's like a cat woman, but no one's <laughs> Yeah, they'll actually acknowledge the cat woman from the 1966 show. <laughs> oh, she was like that. You know who's going to be pissed? Halle Berry. <laughs> Why? She was Catwoman. Yeah, but she was in the worst cat... Well, one of the worst comic book films be ever. No, I think she's kind of happy that she's out of that role. <laughs> that no one will think about her being... Yeah, well, she won, like, Razzies for it, which is, like, the opposite of the Oscars yeah, for yeah. the worst performance. But I do give her credit for actually picking up the Razzies when they were happening, so... It's nice to win something, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's keep on moving. So, we <laughs> think it looks cool, or you don't? I don't think it looks cool. I don't think there's nothing special about it. Mm. It's not enticed me to think, ooh, Catwoman's in that film. Uh, I kind of agree. I think... It works for the set. Well, it still seems a bit too high tech for me in terms of Nolan's universe of Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's better than having an actual Catwoman dressed up in leather. Yeah, I think that's good. Though. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you don't. I think when you introduce too many like characters into things like that as well, yeah. like into films, it gets pretty bad. And how many uh, Bane's in it? Yeah. So, so and uh, I mean, there's pictures of Bane, but I don't. I mean, we've seen it, actually. We've seen the one with Tom Hardy. And yeah, I've seen that. it. But... Yeah, but I mean. It's not him looking like a Latina wrestler, which is fine. But and that's the most you're going to do with him. But okay, let's move on from that. Yeah. Uh, the next one then, DC related again, is the Superman costume mm-hmm. uh, with the Henry Cavill. And um, yeah, I just want to think. You know, what, what do you think of the picture? Um, what do I think of the picture or the costume? Oh, the costume. Yeah, you know, the costume is like a standard Superman costume. I don't know anything about this film. Um, <laughs> well, like, what's have they? Has there been any? Trailers are none, dude. It, yeah. it's, so it's just a, just this bitch. No, okay, you've okay. been out for the last two, yeah. three weeks, but basically mm-hmm. they're moving the film to actually 2013 okay. or June. It was yeah. meant to be December 2012, mm-hmm. but they moved it because of the Hobbit. And second of all, mm-hmm. it was also because the script wasn't ready, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's just started producing now, so it's okay. just started filming. Oh, right. So, but rather than get get the onset pictures leaked, mm-hmm. they thought might as well give you a first official picture. Okay. So, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it looks pretty awesome. I uh, even though it's got the Zack Snyder look, you know, the slick kind yeah, of uh-huh. like almost style steampunk look. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like the greyish, but the colours mm-hmm. are coming out um, with the sparks flying. Um, it looks cool because it's the it's one image where you think, yeah, Batman. I mean, sorry, Superman looks like a badass. Yeah, I think what <laughs> it's it's the, it feels like there's action going on in that picture. So when I saw that picture, the first thing I thought is, "What the hell is Superman doing?" <laughs> yeah. Which is supposed like when you release like little pizza things, you want people to ask questions, but right? You don't want to confuse them too much. And I'm not really sure how I feel about it because I don't know what I'm supposed to expect of the next Superman film. No, but what? No, but don't think about what you expect of it. What, but what do you? No, no, but what do you personally like? If you look at this picture and no one told you what Superman was, then what um, would you think of that? I think it looks looks like an interesting scene, but it's the picture as well is too dark and yeah. dingy. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people like I'm just reading online the analysis of it, and they're saying it's actually got, got like a scaly look to it. The the costume, okay, like yeah. it's a bit more scaly. Yeah, I can pro- see that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but overall, I I mean, yeah, I can complain about that. That he's got a bit of a darker color, but I'm I'm not that much a Superman fan to give a shit about that. I really just want to know if my Superman will be not boring. 
you know, or plain. Like, <laughs> he's, he's boring. He's right? very yeah. boring. I mean, no, I thought Christopher, like, the original Superman, yeah. Superman were really yeah. good. Because you had a Clark Kent who had amazing personality. Mm-hmm. You know, that bumbling kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And that was great about it. Yeah. But in this, I mean, I, obviously we don't know what the actor will be or Clark Kent yeah. in it. But, like, in the new, the old, well, Superman Returns, mm-hmm. he didn't, he was in a very believable Clark Kent. You know, he was, he was just, because he looked really big. You know, he looked like a, he looked like a six foot, American football player, yeah, but and you, but you know, but Crystal Reeves looked really skinny. They somehow designed him, okay, like yeah. his costume to make mm-hmm. him look really thin, like when he was Clark Kent. Yeah, he looked nerdy enough for me to believe <laughs> he wasn't. No, but there was like because Superman looked because he even acts differently. Yeah. Whereas in this, in the Superman Returns, they don't act different. They act like the same person. Yeah. But it's like okay, I'm gonna act out like Superman. I'm gonna act a bit like Clark Kent. Whereas Clark Kent feels like a different person, mm-hmm. and that's why I love Superman three because. <laughs> 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 There's just three different people now. There's Clark Kent, there's Evil Superman, and there's Superman. Oh, Superman getting drunk and hitting peanuts to the mirror was one of the best uh, scenes ever. <laughs> but well, that's another talking point. But okay, so you think it looks cool, but a bit dark? I think it looks cool, and but a bit. The picture looks dingy. I'm. Yeah, I know what you mean. There, I do yeah. know. I think it's because they're still trying to tease it more than yeah, anything, yeah. rather than just show you the whole thing. And the other thing is, a lot of people complain about the hair because he doesn't have his. S. Ducal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, no, Superman's always got to have a party. Yeah. He's got to have a different party. Yeah, but I like that, from, though. Uh, I, think, I like that, though, because people are like, oh, but it's like, this isn't the 50s anymore, right? And you got to make him somehow contemporary. Not modern, but contemporary. There's a difference between, uh, like, at least make him look like he's in the same era yeah. than the someone who's... I mean, Lobby was saying he looks like uh, he looks like a Wall Street Journal kind, you know, Wall Street guy, you know, with the slick yeah, back yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see that, but also it's just because he doesn't have shitty, spiky Twilight hair, right? Why are you saying that they should have done that? That would have been no, more contemporary. Like, Justin no, Bieber's hair. No, I'm just dumb. God, don't ever <laughs> talk about that. All right, but um, so what we think looks cool. So next thing I want to move on to then is um. God damn that ice cream van! <laughs> I'm fasting. Actually, well. it's not on my street because I haven't seen an ice cream van. That's no, not outside. Uh, Never mind. Okay, maybe uh, I'm not gonna go into that. But anyway, um, Laura Fishburne is gonna play Perry White in Superman film, so it's a good segue. And Perry White he was the editor of the Daily Planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know he was originally played by a white guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know people are obviously throwing a fit. Well, some are throwing a fit about it. But um, what do you think of that? I mean, remembering from your memories of Superman and. Um, what do I think about it? I don't know, because you know what? I can't even remember the last time I saw Lawrence Fishburne in a film. So Yeah, but he's a quite authoritative he, figure, you know, and I can see him kind of like bossing around a massive built Henry Cavill, you know? <laughs> it's like, even though he's never looked like the most believer Clark Kent, he might actually big, bring his ego down to a Clark Kent level. Because <laughs> yeah, okay. he, yeah, I mean, okay, he's kind of had the mental role. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you know, with the whole Neo and Matrix thing, yeah. obviously it's not the same thing, but yeah. it's that he has the authority to boss people around and, you know, if the story's not good enough, he can tell Lois Lane to fuck off, you know? <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I think Lawrence Fishburne has that kind of stature. You know, he has that gravitas. Okay. And you know that's why I see it as, but but you don't really. And I don't. Not that I don't see it. It's just that I can't. It's just the the fact that Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> me seeing him in a film again, will throw me off because I haven't seen him in so long. I'm like, oh, it's Larry Fishburne. <laughs> what, 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 I, I've what, got used. I've got used to now a set of. 2010, 2011 stars. <laughs> He's been in films. He has been in films. Not films that I've seen. 
That's probably true. What was the last film you actually seen him in? Don't, you can't say The Matrix. You must have seen him in something besides that. I can't remember. I actually can't remember either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a film he done. He, there's a film he done with... Uh, oh, God, I can't... Oh! Lawrence Fishburne's uh, daughter is a porn star. If that, I mean, it's I heard about unconnected. that. But I heard about but that. But that's the last time I, I remember I did reading hear about that. Two years ago, I remember reading that. I did hear about that. I, I felt kind of sad. News, so, well, you know, some people are okay with that, and I I say it's up to her. Like, it's her lifestyle choice. Yeah, but I mean, I need to watch the Louis Theroux the episode where he does interview porn people in America. I've and seen he, that. Is it? Yeah. But we'll talk about that then when I actually do watch it. <laughs> yeah. but I have to watch it when there's like not many family members in the house because they have like nine family members right now running around, <laughs> and it would be like a bit where. Some girls like massively loudly orgasming. That would be, that would be awkward. That'd <laughs> yeah, awkward. Yeah, because I nearly got done for the sitter trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, actually, no, we're not being trailers there. But that would be a good segue. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it. Uh, yeah, because we're gonna be doing uh, what we've been watching. So um, okay, James, what have you been watching? Um, last okay on Thursday night. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you when I watched it, but I watched. I rewatched uh, Fight Club. Again, like after it's been quite a while, right? And uh, me and my flatmates kind of like had a little revisit to see what we thought of it after so. The long. boys getting back to together, you know it's, what I'm saying? Like, you like, brup, brup, you know what I'm ex- saying? Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. Yeah. And obviously, I'm guessing that everyone that's listened to this has seen Fight Club, so I don't need to tell you if it's like good or bad. But oh. I'll tell you what oh. was really weird: the amount of computer graphics that Fight Club has in it. Like it really, really? makes it feel like you're watching. A film from that kind of time period where, like, they just discovered they could do, like, uh, CGI and just wanted to, like, bust it out as much as possible. Well, you give me an example. Um, so, the most vivid example I've got in my head is uh, the sex scene with um, Hella Bonacarta. Right. Um, where they're having sex, but they are CGI um, characters having sex. Really? And, and the camera, like, kind of goes around. But, but I thought it was actual. You think that was CGI? Helena? It looked like CGI, really? even if it wasn't. Really? I'm, I can't. I don't think CGI was that good in 99 to do that. Well, I mean, I, when I mean, was the last I, time I, you watched it, though? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Like, it's not that I thought about it, but, like, when I watched it, there was Maybe so many scenes shit. with the... No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. There's a lot of CGI in it, and it no, kind of, I like, know there is. I've heard, because David Fincher likes the CGI. He loves his computers. If it didn't have that CGI in it, I would feel like that film would have a more, kind of, timeless feel to it. Whereas with that CGI, it really does I- say it in the, kind of, late 90s, early... Yeah, and I kind of period because even the fashion. I mean, it is actually kind of late nineties fashion. You reckon? Brad Pitt looks late nineties. No, Brad Pitt does not look late nineties. Late nineties, not. I'm not saying. I think Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt doesn't look. His clothes that he's wearing isn't modern, but it looks like... Actually, no, you're you know, right. You know, because it's his hair and everything, and mm. he's got the whole like brown leather coat. But I do think his clothes are wacky enough to be put in the 70s and be accepted. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It had that lean 90s, because mm. it's kind of like retro at yeah, that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was going for that. I don't know. I'm not a fashion designer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going like... But I, every, I feel like the rest of it, the actual settings of the film, like Ed Norton, it doesn't feel like it's set to a particular time. Even though I think... The film when they do when people talk about the film, it's supposed to represent uh, the nineties in terms of. uh, Well, it it um, works perfectly. Mindscape. It works perfectly. It was was probably the perfect film to watch after two thousand. Well, after nine eleven, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, just the idea of what cells can be created and how mm-hmm. things are in a way. I mean, yeah. it's probably a good, uh, you know, um, met- well, not a metaphor, but 
a good uh, I don't know it is a metaphor I mean, it's not a metaphor allegory is that the word allegory that's allegory. the one yeah. I was thinking like Anna I don't even know what that means I just said it no but it is allegory <laughs> it is exactly what it is you know, it's an allegory for terrorism in a way yeah. I mean, well it is terrorism but allegory for how Al-Qaeda or how Islamic fanaticism mm-hmm. has occurred in America or around the world mm-hmm. but um well, but actually, didn't I don't know? Did you actually? You say people I think it's good or bad, but it's still a divisive film. So what, what did you did you actually like the film? I, 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 like, I like the film. I'm not I'm not one of those people that go about and say it's like the best thing ever. It's right. definitely entertaining. Right. Um, there are. I don't. I wouldn't. I can't think of immediate bad points, but it's not. I watch it and enjoy it, but it's not like it wasn't life changing. It's not the best film I've ever watched. I don't put it in like my top ten. It's just a film mm. that I like. No, that's why I yeah. just wanted to know, like, your opinion of it. Like, if you no, because the, you can't fit everything in your top ten. But yeah, but you I, can I still keep it in high regard. The friend that I was watching it with, uh, he, he that was his favorite film when he was fifteen years old. Right, and that's the reason why we watched it again. He wanted to see if it was still his favorite. It holds up because yeah. we were talking it while we were watching that. We were talking about whether we still like the Matrix at the same mm. time, which we couldn't decide if we liked it or not. Well, when did you watch it though? No, we didn't. We were going to watch. We we're going to watch it soon to decide because oh. I know that I hate uh, two and three, and I don't know if that's oh, yeah. clouded my judgment on one. I, I still feel like I like one, but he said he watched it like a year ago, and he said it wasn't as good as he thought it was. I liked it still. Like yeah. I mean, I saw it like a year or two ago, and mm-hmm. it, I think it works really well. But um, you know, obviously, some things just kind of feel dated now, and yeah. just obviously because the spoof and the parody of it mm-hmm. has exhausted everyone. Yeah. But um, I like to like in terms of action. I just hate the ending. Like to the maximum you know the whole fucking architect guy like, I want to punch him profusely I didn't the, the problem with the action in 2 why are we talking about this the problem with the action in 2 is that like <laughs> because Neo can do whatever he likes it's kind of almost boring when you're watching a fight you need to, I he, feel like you need the suspense of like an actual yeah actual being you, difficult I, I kind of agree with you because in a way because the problem was because no one actually died of a main in terms of main character ways in mm-hmm. Matrix when he first time went into it you know when you went to see the Oracle yeah. and Agent Smith kind of trapped him you know yeah. with Cypher you know which was played by oh shit I can't remember his name uh, the Italian guy he's got an Italian name but I can't remember it's not important oh Joe Pantoliano or something anyway mm-hmm. um, you know him and uh, the other two random people they mm-hmm. die basically or whatever right and um, you know you have that and the the fact that Morpheus could have died as well at risk, yeah. but he never had that risk in the, mm-hmm. in that. It was just them getting to a point, and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and but I just said in terms of action, I still yeah. enjoyed it, just the action part. Yeah. And first time watching cinema, I did really enjoy it. I loved yeah. it, kind of. Mm-hmm. I just hated the ending, uh-huh. but other than that, I loved the whole film because it felt. I mean, it was something that everyone anticipated, and it kind of worked because you know the opening scene like two agents come out yeah. and he's like finding the backyard and he yeah. absolutely kicks ass yeah. it's like so awesome to look at that mm-hmm. but then oh god like the whole CGI thing really <laughs> fucked up and all the agents Smiths come up okay off tangent yeah. what else have you been watching um, you know what I can't actually remember so you go now and I'll see if I can remember alright I'm going to talk about a couple of TV shows that I've been watching I mean uh, I finally started catching back up with uh, Kirby Enthusiasm okay, yeah. which is the Larry David mm-hmm. sitcom so you, you know what it's about, right? I know what it's about, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a meta kind of life after Seinfeld because Larry David was the co-writer or the you know, creator of yeah. Seinfeld mm-hmm. with Jerry Seinfeld and it's just his life after that and the shit he gets up to. <laughs> and it, I think a couple of years back when I tried to get into it, I could not, I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Like I watched like the first three seasons and I just 
could not get it. And I think it, then I rewatch. I mean, I, I didn't rewatch the whole seasons. I actually, I just left it off where I did, which was like season five. Yeah. I didn't know. I left it. I watched it all over again like a couple of years ago. Ago, yeah. Like I rewatched it, and mm-hmm. then now, but I left out season five. Now I carried on from it in the last couple of weeks. But um, I just want to say, Larry David improves as a as an actor. Okay, yeah. A lot more, mm-hmm. but I think that's what made might have made the first couple of seasons actually really good as well because in a sense because he's because he acts really well for a non-actor because yeah. he's a non-actor mm-hmm. and it still works because first time I remember watching the advert for Kirby Enthusiasm mm-hmm. it looked like a documentary like a yeah. real something real is happening mm-hmm. I don't know who Larry David was <laughs> and the first season and you know the first clip I saw was him fighting arguing with this black lady mm-hmm. and he's like using the n-word and he's mm-hmm. like I you know and he's arguing why you know why we can't say why we can't it looks so real and I couldn't stop laughing (laughs) because I thought you know it's it's a documentary or something and clearly it wasn't after I started watching and get the whole meta idea of Larry so what season are you up to watching it now I just finished watching season 7 so 7 so how many have they got now like is it 8 yeah 8 just started that's why I've I've not watched past 5 I think I do enjoy the program it's not been something that I it's not a pro I don't feel like it's a program that you have to watch religiously so I oh, no, pick, no. I kind of pick it up whenever like it does no. when it, whenever I see yeah. it on TV or like from time to time and but it's very funny yeah but people have said that after sick season it kind of hasn't been not not as good but kind of like the premise has been getting repetitive for some people mm, okay see after season I tell you the ending of season six yeah is amazing. It okay. made me laugh so hard. Mm-hmm. It, it's only it only lasts for a minute. The clip at the end, but yeah. you like I really recommend just watching up to that yeah. because the starting season seven is slightly disappointing where yeah. they go into the direction, okay. but then the overall direction is okay. Mm-hmm. It, I do agree with people. It's not that funny, but I just finished it like two days ago, yeah. like season mm-hmm. seven, so I can't really absorb it as much because yeah. it's quite difficult to mesh. Like when you watch seasons, it's really difficult to absorb it and get the idea. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a long lasting feeling mm-hmm. that actually happens especially because you watch all in one go but I, I mean season 6 I continuously laughed uh, season 7 I didn't laugh as much Yeah, but I enjoyed it still I think okay. it's a very watchable show mm-hmm. but um, yeah because the stuff he gets up to yeah it's beyond it's disgusting what Larry David is, <laughs> but it's amazing at the same time. I kind of relate to him as well. That's the thing because yeah. I think a lot of people think he's nitpicking of the like his character yeah. of nitpicking is odd, but I think that's what every human being is, or someone with a high IQ. I think, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to like do my own home. I'm smart. It's just like people who are smart just overthink stuff sometimes, and that's I what know what you mean. <laughs> I've got there's there seems to be like two different camps of people that watch it some people think Larry David is an arsehole and some people feel like he gets himself in unfortunate yeah, situations exactly. that's how I feel. Food and can't get out of them and that's why yeah. sometimes you watch it and the people around him are just as maybe they're not he's kind of obnoxious but the life he has is really awkward around him and I don't feel like it's his fault all the time but some people think he's awful yeah yeah it's just but i get what they mean but it's like uh like his mate the funk houser the tall yeah. guy with the mm-hmm. awful wig oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just like sometimes he's like the most imposing guy on larry mm-hmm. david but sometimes like it's the other way around and mm-hmm. it's always funny that your funk house is always okay with imposing on him but the other way around it's just like it's just so wrong and mm-hmm. it's so you know you know larry david's not point of view but his well, the world he shows is so inconsistent with the people are so inconsistent yeah. with him mm-hmm. yeah. that it's kind of funny. But I love, like, um, I think 
every Larry David box set cover mm-hmm. uh, completely epitomizes his psyche. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, not each season, but overall show. Like, there's one where he's like, um, this picture of him and everyone looking at the screen. Like, every character, like different bodies, but it's Larry David's head. Okay, yeah. You know, because it's kind of him just telling, it's just like a mad world, basically, yeah. kind of point of view. Like, you know, everybody's crazy as him. Mm-hmm. And that's playing emphasizes with all those pictures kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like, all his face, all, sorry, all of his, um, heads on different people's bodies and uh <laughs> yeah so i mean again i really like that and i've been watching a history channel show recently called uh, <laughs> uh it's called pawn stars not porn but pawn like pawn 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 like p-a-w-n oh pawn just say pawn now. i don't want to say pawn porn but if porn. you say pawn no one knows what you're fucking talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. It doesn't really make any sense. No, no but I don't want to say like, porn stars. Just say porn stars, and then like, right. people can search it. You can, or you could spell it after rather than make up a word. I thought like porn is a word now. No, okay, no. okay. I'm trying to say the American accent, yeah. but porn. Por- okay, porning. It's the porning, you know, yeah. like where people come and sell like things. And okay, the basis is it's a it's a really big porn shop in. Uh, in Vegas mm-hmm. and it's not in like strip it's just you know sub- not suburb but you know mm-hmm. downtown Vegas and basically you have like these amazing artifacts coming in you know these eccentric kind of things and uh, you know one of the cool things you get um, like memorabilia or like items that and it can be restored as well yep. so sometimes they sell or like a person comes and sell it to the pawn shop and it's mostly about the pawn shop as well like in a sense like it's about the dad and the granddad and mm-hmm. the son yep. so it's mostly those characters and it's always involving them and they usually the premise is them negotiating with these people when they're selling it to them yeah or if they're pawning it to them and pawning is that the prem that pawning means is what they do is they loan you their special memorabilia or item yeah. and they and the pawn shop gives you money instead yeah. and so they hold your thing as collateral mm-hmm. so if you don't pay back in 120 days mm-hmm. and uh, paying back in interest they keep the item and then they can sell it yeah. basically um <clears throat> But just uh, but overall, it's a really funny. It's quite funny because of the eccentric people you get yep. coming in. But also, the items are really cool. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's from like the Civil War, World War Two um, items. We you just get really random stuff, and it's cool that like, these people in the pawn shop who look like kind of hicks. Like, if you look like from standing out, but they can know so much about history. It's really yeah. impressive, mm-hmm. um, and they got a really good relationship, a really good banter, and I think that's what makes the show work because of the chemistry that they all have. Yeah, banter. Uh, yeah. What channel did you say this was on? It's on History Channel. History. Channel, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it might be a bit. Why were you watching YouTube. the History Channel anyway? It's I was kicking a... through it. What oh, nerd! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I like history. Uh, no, I, I usually actually I'm really bored of it, but it's like, <laughs> but I do. Um, yeah, I do. I just, I just thought it was really interesting because I watched a can go off. Yeah. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Then I just stayed for the next episode and yeah. you just it's just really good. Because one of my favourite ones is um, this guy, he gives in a Coca-Cola machine or like a 1930s, 1950s one. But it's completely rusted, completely busted, yeah. can't work, nothing, right? But it's got the bodywork and that's what really matters. Mm. And so the guy buys it off from really cheap uh, like for like $300, mm-hmm. right? And then he gets restored, right, from this other guy. And you see, it's like a pit my ride kind of (laughs) aspect to it. And um, so he restores it, and he looks absolutely amazing. See, that's the thing, you get to see this really cool Americana kind of art to to it. So um, you get that, and then... um, 
And the f- awesome part is, you know, it's got just the cool kind of like monopoly kind of aspect, like the money part. Yeah. Like so, because he puts three hundred dollars down into it, then for restoration costs like two and a half thousand dollars, but the value of it is like now seven thousand yeah. dollars. So he's basically he's doubled his value, really, mm-hmm. or tripled it, whatever you want to say. But it's pretty cool that he um, got that. So again, I recommend that for people who just want to be a bit educated but I didn't watch it for that I just watched it because it is really entertaining yeah. and it's a good filler because it's shown on History Channel all the time mm-hmm. um, and okay so I'm just going to quickly go into films then and if you do remember I, do, I remembered well I'll go after your films I'll just finish it yeah I'm I'm new, I've got films. two films to finish off and then we go um, so I watched uh, Superbad with my friends on a Friday night and uh it's uh, just an awesome film. It really holds. Up. I was surprised because I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna hate it, or I'm gonna hate something of it. Because you've watched it before, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've rewatched. I mean, this a rewatch, but uh, okay. I mean, I, I and the first time I watched, it, I really did enjoy it, and uh, didn't. I did enjoy. It. I really okay, did I enjoy. It, sorry, yeah. um, but like second time, I enjoyed it. Well, not second time. Whatever this is. Yeah. Whatever time. time yeah. yeah, but um, I think it's because I watched my friends. It really helped as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think watching comedies with friends is just. You can really get the belly lost out, yeah. right? And um, but it's just such a it is a really good film. It's I wouldn't say you know it's it's just a really good script. Uh, the only part I have an issue with, and even an issue, and the I purposely wrote it this way is uh, Jonah Hill's character, the fat guy, yeah. right? Um, is a complete wanker. Like, he's a complete tosser compared to everyone else. Yeah. Like, you know, he hates on McLovin, and McLovin is just amazing, obviously, right? <laughs> and he still holds up. He really does hold up. Like, he's, like with the police the police guys, it's so yeah. much fun. Mm-hmm. And Michael Sarah is not grading, and I, ne- I don't really find that grading, like, you know, his Michael Sarah thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's just, but John Hill, the things he does, and, you know, he tries to get a girl drunk just to get laid kind of thing, and yeah. he's, like, always telling his, you know, Michael Sarah that girl's a bitch, and the only way you're going to get the laid is to get her absolutely, you know, smashed, yeah. right? And, yeah, it's kind of despicable to have yeah. that kind of character around. But, um, he does say some funny things, but I really think the comedy clearly comes out from McLovin and the police officers. The police officers are, I mean, they're my favourite characters <laughs> in the film. I do, I like that film, it's funny, but for some reason, when I think about it, I don't think... Like it's as I don't think it's as funny as other films. There's something off, doesn't put me off about it. I'd happily watch it. But right. Like when I watched it, I liked it, but I didn't. I wasn't like this is great. Yeah, right. There's but other films I, pre- I prefer in that ilk. If you know what I, mean. I, I get what you. I could be understand. It's just for me. That's what I mean. That's why I was surprised. Yeah. I liked as much as I yeah. did. I think I was already anticipating not to like. It. I was yeah. worried I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think I love the whole 70s opening kind of thing to it, yeah. with the colours and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, it's just a good, uh, I think it's just a good film to watch. No, it's a great film to watch. It's really funny. Watch with your friends. Mm-hmm. Great fun. Uh, the other comedy I watched was Four Lions. Yeah. The terrorist comedy made by Chris Morris. Yeah. Known from, was it The Brass Eye? Yeah, 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 Brass Eye. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I yeah. thought that was really up his own ass. But that's another. What, Brass Eye? Yeah. I mean, like... How many of it? How many of them have you watched? Just one, but Just I thought it's too much. Uh, too much. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I because I, I watched it in uni, and I think as I had the, some friends who were like who were like a bit too posh for their own good kind okay, of. Thing. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I just really like, I was like, yeah, oh, I, fuck off, you know. Okay. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> Got my Essex out. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you wanker. Are you your posh comedies? Don't come around there with all no. your fancy talk. I like real jokes. I like only fools and horses. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when he fell through the bar? That was hilarious. 
<laughs> anyway, um, but this show, this was actually not off his own arse. Uh, I really, I do think it's a really, it's really funny. The premise is basically four idiots are basically trying to become Al Qaeda terrorists, and yep. uh, comedy kind of ensues in a way. <laughs> it is a very much a slapstick. It's kind of like Three Stooges becoming terrorists in a way. If you yeah, think about it. Yeah. But um, it is really funny at points. But I, as a Muslim, I think it annoys me that. I mean, this is, I mean, because I've heard a Chris Morris interview, right? Yeah. And he did a lot of research, so I completely respect him about it. Like, terrorists are actually very stupid, because obviously the people they actually do attract yeah. are very stupid and gullible. Yeah. So, um, it works in that sense completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely respect that, but the only issue I had was the idea of... Uh, they showed kind of like two extremes, or a Muslim it can be. It can be the gullible idiot who goes into Al-Qaeda, yeah. or it can be the other one where he's his brother, mm-hmm. who comes in for like 10 minutes in the film, and he's like the really religious type who can't yeah. see his uh, brother's wife, and he's like, women shouldn't be in the same room. Mm-hmm. And I find that really annoying that it was in the middle, like someone like me who's not secular, but... Uh, you know, someone who actually knows his religion, but is kind of modern, you know, but I'm not, I pray five times a day kind of thing, yeah. you know, and I know my religion, mm-hmm. like, I know it enough to do, you know, and I don't have to have either extreme of that, and yeah. I find that, I, well, <laughs> I like that film, I think the reason they have that extreme is to put, is for, purposely only for juxtaposition, mm-hmm. not to say this is the representatives. I guess so, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they could have put, it's, it's really hard, especially with comedy, because if, if you try and represent a group of people, it's hard because usually with comedies you go to extremes for the laughs. Yeah. Um, what I will say about that film, about this film, is I'll I'll just I'll can I can I warn of spoilers, but I'm not going to say anything. It's yeah, spoilers. Is okay, just, say, just so you, if you don't want to listen, the film is surprisingly sad. Oh, it's sad. It's the like, ending I mean, really like, sad. sad. Like you're kind of like you're laughing and you're like. But this is sad, and it's sad in a weird way. Well, but like, when, I was, yeah, I was definitely sad. That's not, well, that was a spoiler, but I mean, when some people's death happened, it's yeah. kind of shocking but funny at the same yeah. time. If you remember, uh-huh. and it happens at a funny moment, but it's kind of disturbing how they even kill off some of the people. Yeah. And um, you know, that was. I mean, I appreciate. I actually think that's really good work in terms I, of as a director. I think that's fantastic work to. I mean, it doesn't strike a. It strikes a balance, but. It makes you feel conflicted inside of how you should feel at the moment, and I think I give that a lot of rating, you know. Yeah, and I think it's 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 kind of it's surprising, and also it brings the story to a proper end rather than like an unrealistic schmaltzy end that they could have done. I don't think there's been a schmaltzy end to it. Well, <laughs> so no, no, I said no. I mean, like, say if how would it mean the schmaltzy end? That's why I just want to ask. If 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 like the ending would have been like you know complete redemption and oh, like, yeah. some uh, they the whole film is disregarded because you've changed your... the characters have changed the way they've seen the world. Oh, Everything's okay. fine with them. Oh, you know? okay, okay, That yeah, kind yeah. of ending yeah, yeah, sure, to, like, sure. a film, like... What are you laughing at? <laughs> Just look at the text they got. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's an important question, I think. But, uh, anyway, um... um what was I going to say? Yeah, overall, I just think, um... I just that was the only part that annoyed me. I just wish there was a bit. I mean, it is very good comedy. I hate the the wife character as well of the terrorists, like because okay, yeah. she just seemed like, hey, it's okay. Like she didn't seem conflicted. She mm-hmm. was, and she didn't seem she seemed happy, but which I find really odd. Like it's just it just felt really uncomfortable for me. Like mm-hmm. because I think maybe Muslims could get the joke, but maybe 
in terms of I don't know how because it still portrays it in a realistic way even though yeah. it has a lot of snaps mm-hmm. moments yeah. and it portrays it in some sort of realism mm-hmm. so for people who are not Muslims and don't get it right mm-hmm. they could really think a Muslim wife could be looking at her husband's <laughs> shoulder like oh well done you're making a terrorist video which I just think cannot be which I find again annoying and mm-hmm. because it wasn't out and out comedy I mean it's, it's very much a comedy film but yeah. the way the way it's directed is set it feels so real it just it's kind of conflicting in that sense so it, it's just the message it kind of gives to people it worries me like I think for a person like me it's very funny yeah. because I get all the jokes yeah. actually that's the funny thing I have a American cousin mm-hmm. who's uh, half Pakistani half Czech yeah. but he you know he has no idea what Pakistanis or Muslims are like or yeah. anything so he tried to watch the film and he couldn't understand anything yeah. I mean first of all it's British kind of yeah. talking so yeah. I understand but he couldn't get the other Mm -hmm. stuff as well so for him it's a completely alien film Mm -hmm. and you know that's what worries me I mean because he already thinks terrorists are brown people he really does think that I think the the, when you're going into that film the kind of person who's watching it does make a difference in the way that you view it right um but then I think at the same time they have an expectations for the kind of people who would go. Yeah, Four film. Lines is a very low key film. Yeah, yeah. but it annoys, But I guess well, I can uh, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's just like I, I think it should be a bit more universal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, but I, I think that's why I gave it the score I did, and not yeah. give it like a lot of people loved it, loved mm-hmm. it, right? But I think that's the issues I had with it overall. But um, so so I think I'm done now. Yeah. What is it? Was uh, my one last thing yeah. was I remember yesterday I mm-hmm. watched my first half of a Harry Potter film. Uh, it was Harry Potter 4 Goblet of Fire and um, it confirmed to me that I didn't have to watch any of the other ones because it was rubbish okay. Daniel Radcliffe cannot act at all I don't understand did you hear he's acting for so long did you, have, like, did, did you hear my review then of Harry Potter then I can't no no, oh, no I did I did I did, I did. Okay. which one was that in the one with me Alex and uh, if was that the just, fourth episode I, I think, think so, so yeah. yeah I listened to that but like by that time, it was the fourth film. He can at least... There was one time and he was really, really bad. And I was just like, why would they let him... No, I won't like it. There was one scene that I even agree was really bad. It was when uh, the Twilight guy dies and he's crying. Uh-huh. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> but no, I thought he was really good in Prisoner of Azkaban, in my opinion. Um, the the third one? I've not seen it, though. Okay, seen, okay. No, he's pretty good in it, I okay. thought. In my opinion, okay. it was. I mean, he gets some shitty, cheesy lines in yeah. that. But again... I think that's also come to direction when sometimes I, I, I we're not going to argue. But what else? So clearly you didn't enjoy the Harry Potter, even though no, I, I was basically the fourth one is my one of my least favorite. The, the fourth one is the last book that I read, and oh, okay. I couldn't remember anything else. So I was watching it with um, two of my mates, my girlfriend, and she was kind of walking me through the film. Right. And I was like, it was ridiculous, really. It reminded me of how almost how ridiculous the books are, which I can excuse because, of course, they are children's books. But I couldn't excuse how long that book was. The film didn't seem that long. Um, they cut a lot out. They, I mean, it's supposedly yeah. what I've heard. But I'll just quickly say, I didn't like the, the director. I think is quite shitty. He made Prince of Persia. Okay. And um, again, I think yeah, the movies just get a lot better. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to quickly. So is that? That's yeah, it. Yeah. So I just want to quickly add actually because we were meant to do the whole what we consume fine. Uh, yeah. We were really in a rush today, but. Um, I'll just say, you know, like I was talking to you before, um, you know, I started picking up photography. I bought my new uh, DSLR camera. Cost me bare loads of money. <laughs> I'm, even when I'm broke. <laughs> Why am I doing it? I don't know. But um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll upload a picture of James, a picture of James I took. I oh, that's like an it. awful picture of me. It's a pretty good picture. I'll take another one just to make it better. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, but anyway, that was uh, what we consumed. Um, shall we just... Yes, yeah, we don't need to skip it. Let's just go to the trailers now. Let's just do it, yeah! Yeah! yeah. Bitch! Yes. Um, <laughs> Alright, so the first uh, trailer... I've got notes for trailers, actually. Ooh la la! Uh, Alright! I did my homework! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the first one I'll go to is Battleship. Okay, then. and yeah. Uh, this is the uh, Peter Berg director film, with, okay. uh, and it's based on the Battleship board game. <laughs> <laughs> have they run out of video games to make films out? I have. I don't know what what's next going. Scrabble? <laughs> it's, it's costing... The budget is $200 million, which makes it absolutely mind-blowing, but... James, I would like to know what you thought um, about shit. My notes say, no, 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 no. Really? Because that trailer was awful. Right. It's like, a trailer should tell me something, and that <laughs> told me that I didn't really want to see that film. Really? It looked awful. It's just, it's nothing. There's nothing in that trailer. It's, oh, actually, no. It sets up with... Brooklyn Decker. Stupid, ch- idiotic, like... A blonde you know, girl. Classic. Uh, well, I'm, the com- there's a conversation between Liam Nielsen and whoever <laughs> that guy is. He's just like, oh, you could have been this, but look at you now, which sets him up as some kind of shit hero. Then they're on the ship, and then they see something, and they go over and touch it, because that's what they would do in real life. You hey, touch mystery things. And, and Rihanna was in the back looking as well. That's, Rihanna's in that film. Rihanna? Yeah, yeah, Rihanna's on the boat with him. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the one uh, with the little tugboat oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's her. But carry on, yeah. And then you know, Liam Nielsen says, "Fire the weapons. Which ones? All of them." Another cheesy classic line. And then nothing happens. I don't know what the film's about apart from it's called Battleship, and I assume there's some kind of aliens. Is it just going to be like, you know, an hour of shit set up, and then like an hour of like Pure sea war? Shit. Because yeah. is it basically are they just going to take the the uh, battle scene from Pearl Harbor and stick it onto the end of that film I don't and think. then just like leave it to just boat wars because it doesn't make any sense no, but, yeah, what's but, it about it can't be what's it about see okay do you know what Battleship the game was the actual board game Battleship the game yeah where the board you, game where you like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah the yeah, one he yeah. gets called yeah, yeah, so gets that's the thing <laughs> first of all it was the first the weirdest oddest, prem, oddest premise about this is they got aliens instead of actual battleships flying <laughs> each other right but um I really think it looks completely dumb but yeah. in a good way like, no. yeah yeah no 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 uh, let me no, no. Hey, no. Uh, because no I actually want to because I mean it in the sense like the director completely is self-aware yeah. of making it the dumbest film <laughs> of all time. Like, I genuinely mean that in a good way. Like, I think when I watch this film, it's going to be so dumb. But it's going to be the ultimate popcorn film. Like, I feel like this movie is genuinely trying to make my IQ so low <laughs> yeah. that I don't, like, start cracking like an idiot, right? Because the problem with Transformers 3 was... Um, it was, to, it was trying to be like something like smart in yeah. a way mm-hmm. with this high tech talk mm-hmm. whereas this doesn't seem like it this seems like just a big alien ship yeah, let's yeah. blow it up like you know like the whole Liam Neeson line yeah. right like uh, everything you know <laughs> and the fact the fact what I love about this was right the the aliens are shooting pegs because <laughs> you see the pegs yeah. that attach to the ship yeah. that's what made me laugh out loud when I saw that I completely burst out laughing like this is crazy this is... it's bad but, but what I'm seeing this is this emulates what Michael Bay was doing right with the whole it feels like a Transformers film well I was really reminded of Transformers when uh, the kind of ship came yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. and like was kind of almost like, doing the Transformers yeah, 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 yeah. That. but that's what made, what made me like it because instead of having the Michael Bayness of it, right? Yeah. What you'll get is someone who 
who's actually in a super cheesy action film. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, it's uh, uh, pretty much Top Gun, right? The mm-hmm. first half, uh, uh, the, f- the first uh, half of the f- trailer, you know, he likes to go and he's a rebel, but he's a dick and mm-hmm. uh, he, but he's so talented kind of thing. So I think it works completely overall in that sense. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's why I think of it. UK don't like it. No, so, uh, so next thing we'll move on is uh, The Artist, the Artist which yeah. is the uh, French film. I, I can't remember the guy's name who's directing it, but it's got Jean Dujardin. Oh, Ooh. very French. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He's basically like that as well, if you see in the trailer, the actor <laughs> actor, because he's in uh, OSS uh, uh, 117, mm-hmm. which is the spoof version of uh, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Actually, it isn't actually, so I could, that's wrong. The books were written before James Bond but it was a spoof on Spies okay um, anyway uh, what do you think because I've heard it's meant to be a silent film anyway As, you know what so I'm an idiot basically so <laughs> I watched the, I watched the trailer uh-huh. and because I'm so dumb the only thing that I could focus on was that there was no noise and I was like <laughs> so what like, this is a silent film <laughs> Like what? This is 2011. I'm supposed to be watching the silent film. We and I, as some, as a young person, I like to say, I like to say that I'm still young. I'm lying to myself, but I like to pretend I'm still young. Right. I need lots of sights, lots of sounds to be and engaged. Color. You need color, right? I, was, I don't actually. I don't need color. It depends. Okay. It does depend on the setting. I don't necessarily need color, but I do need sounds. And I was, I won't say off put, but I was watching it like almost waiting for the sound or like smack. <laughs> I was just like really confused, and then. And then I worked out it was maybe a silent film. And I should have told you that, yeah, I should have no, told I you. I like the surprise that uh, I got with it. But okay, well, but the thing is, a French film, mm-hmm. and it's got like John Goodman, James yeah, yeah, Cromwell, yeah, so and like I didn't know that when I watched it. I mean, I heard about the film, yeah. I did not, did not know those people were in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it doesn't actually tell me who, what's the story about, because it is meant to be an autobiography okay. of someone, but I can, well, yeah, not autobiography. For, it's I, not an autobiography. Why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> it's a biography of someone. But um, I can't work out from the trailer really what it's about. But I think it's about the first guy who does signing film, or is like one of the. Okay, he's a signing yeah, film that, star. That I know that. Sense. But um, you know, because I can't remember who's about. But and the trailer doesn't tell you who it is about it either. So mm-hmm. that's the only issue I have with it. Um, but other than that, I think it looks pretty entertaining. And actually, I know I you, you could watch a silent film. I think I could watch because I really like the actor. He's okay. playing. That's why I said John Dujardin. Have you because, watched a silent film before? I have, but mostly the Charlie Chaplin stuff and okay. Laurel. I think no, Lauren Hardy. Yeah, Lauren Hardy yeah, had some silent. silent. Yeah. Um, but um, they went into the talkies. <laughs> well, <I> talk <laughs> yeah, you are see. you seeing the show this weekend, Ali? <laughs> yeah, sure I am, James. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, just uh, going on. What were we on about? Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I think it looks interesting. I, it was in the film festival, like Venice one or something. Oh, it was going. To, no, it was in Cannes, and I heard he got a really good reception. Cannes. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm getting my Essex out. Cans. 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 But, um, yeah, I think overall looks interesting. I'm, I'll look forward to watching just because of the actor. I really like him. Mm-hmm. And the girl, actually, the the one with the brunette, she's actually the co-star of his in OSS 117, mm-hmm. the first film. And she was pretty good in it. So I'm looking forward to it again. Uh, so let's move on to the next film, the next trailer we're yeah. on about, which is uh, The Darkest Hour. And, uh, okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's got Emil Hirsch in it, which he's not that famous, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, which one was Emil Hirsch? He's the main guy. He, he, I, I, kind of like the short he's guy. He's a uh, speed racer guy. I've seen him in Speed Racer. Before. Um, and I don't Into like the him. Wild, I think it's I can't called. I remember. Or something like that. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, oh, anyway, that's my <laughs> Um Yeah, what do you think of that trailer? Yeah, when I first saw the trailer and I saw those actors and I saw kind of what was setting up, I thought, oh, this looks like a shitty film. I do feel like it's a film that's going to be really shitty acted, but I did kind of feel like it looked interesting. Like, I could almost watch it. I don't know if I would want to go to cinema and spend £13 and spend... On, yeah, on it. but it did look kind of interesting in a way. Yeah. Oh, uh, with me, I I agree with what you're saying. Interesting, but the way I'd say is the the alien energy balls yeah. look really cool in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. When, the, yeah, when they were disintegrating things, people. Like, looked, the dog, like, the dog. Yeah, I know. Why yeah. did they show the trailer? If I watched in the film, that could have been the best <laughs> film of all time or the worst film of all time. Because I would be like, you can't do that to a dog. But if that dog was a dick, then I'd be like, you can do that to a dog. Yeah. But um. But other than that, I think it looked really awful. I won't lie. I, th- I really think it looked awful. Um, um, yeah, it's just, it just seemed really uninspiring in some parts. Well, the thing is, like, I think yeah, the alien balls and kind of... There's some things about it that looked interesting. I think I was interested by the premise. Like, if someone... If, like, I could see that film, like, five minutes long and someone just showed me, like, the cool clips and said, this is what happens, then right. maybe I'll be interested. And I can see that, that film, that's the kind of film that's going to have a lot of boring them walking around, like, <laughs> doing bullshit things. Like, annoying conflicts. Annoying, annoying yeah. conflicts yeah. happening. Like, hey, you shouldn't do this. Hey, i got to live on my own and survive, you know? Yeah. Like, and this is Russia. Yeah, it's in Russia, which I, I think that's another thing I think is cool about it, mm-hmm. that is uh, being <laughs> shot in Russia. I mean, yeah. there's just not many action films mm-hmm. in or any film in Russia and Russia looks like a kind of beautiful place yeah. clearly mm-hmm. and uh, obviously you have uh, MI4 with the opening scene mm-hmm. and the trailer well the opening trailer scene uh, with that exploding but in this uh, it looks like an interesting setting but just the characters look really bland they boring scene they really like if you had like identical characters to stick in like this kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of it's all the action. They, yeah, I, you know, funny. Stick them in like those that. girls are probably attractive, but they completely blow my mind. <laughs> they look like they really do. Like I, I only say Emil Hirsch because I've seen him in a couple yeah. of films, and mm-hmm. that is the only reason. I remember where I saw him. I saw him in The Girl Next Door. Oh, that film. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alicia Cuthbert was hot in it, but that film was actually kind of odd. You know? That was, film was so weird. It was really weird. It was uncomfortable, really wasn't it? It kind of was. Yeah, it was really it was a weird. Way, I think. It wasn't funny, and it got too much heavy on the drama, and it just didn't work. It he, was really weird. And he, because it kind and, of long. I feel really long as really well. Long. Um, okay, so the next trailer then, because uh, I don't think we're looking forward to that film, um, <laughs> is uh, The Sitter, yeah. which has uh, got David Gordon Green, the director of uh, movies such as Pineapple Express, mm-hmm. uh, directing this, and uh, he just made recently Your Highness, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you got Jonah Hill, and clearly the trailer is trying to show off how thin he's gone. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the starting of the trailer, or have you... I saw the trailer, yeah, but he didn't look thin in the trailer. Oh, shit, then, okay, because I watched the IGN one, right? Because the IGN one, uh, sorry, on the uh, IGN website, they yeah. show him talking to kids, and uh, he's, like, really thin. And oh, then they, really? Like, he's just talking, it's not the fifth part of the oh, film, okay. it's him introducing oh, okay. it. Like, hey, and, this is yeah, the uh, okay. like, these kids are going to be in there, and he's, like, being a dick to them. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny, and... um but then they actually show the trailer and the opening scene where the girl <laughs> is actually like fucking orgasming and uh, um, you know and I can't believe I watched it in my kitchen fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh pause saying the load of volume and it just didn't happen and I thought oh yeah that's just her having pain mom yeah. like, like in, because mom didn't see what's happening it's just like <laughs> it's embarrassing obviously but um what did you think of the trailer then, James? I thought, once again, <laughs> this was a trailer that looked awful. Really? Yeah, like, oh my god. 
kids and in comedy films uh, don't don't work for me anymore. I don't. It, it looks shit. It looked really shit. Can you call who what was it? my notes? <laughs> looks awful. And why? Is what I said. <laughs> why did I make? Why did that? they make this film? Uh, um, I kind of. Uh, I think it looked okay. I won't say I'm excited for it in any way, <laughs> but um, I probably watch on TV easily. Yeah. Right? Um, the girl. I mean, just. I mean, the it's, only- it's got that. Kids being wacky. Oh, you're a slacker. You like watching films. Imagine if you had to look after kids. That'd be awful. Oh, this looks like wacky fun kind of. I mean, I, without I, any real. The trailer didn't have any real comedy bits. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only funny part I found was when Jonah Hill's like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not really your babysitter kind of yeah. thing." Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy when a guy swears at a little kid who's a bit <laughs> rat. Like, like, uh, what's that film? It's not The Hangover. It's Oh Due Date. Um, okay. Yeah. It's got Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and Zach Galifianakis. And this kid who's being a dick to Robert Downey Jr. And Downey Jr. just can't take anymore, so he punches him in the gut. And it's probably one of the most satisfying <laughs> things I ever saw. Like, I was like, yes. Like, that's what I see, where people are beating up kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know I'm Asian, and maybe he runs in the family to the child of these things. It really doesn't. Like, you know, well, I mean, not for a while. I mean, I'm 24. <laughs> not as child abuse, but yeah. That's normal abuse. <laughs> But just he walked into my house. I slapped him across the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just want to say then. Um, <laughs> what do I want to say? Um, it, yeah, it looks okay. Um, I mean, I like the director. I've heard Your Highness was awful, so I really don't know how I really feel about. You should have been it. picking some uh, good trailers. There weren't many, and we kind of done eight trailers last week. So oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a question right because I saw an advert for uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens on a bus a- Cowboys and Aliens Cowboys and Aliens whatever right is, has that trailer come out yet yeah the trailer's come out okay. ago. basically because um, I saw what's his face on the side what's his name Daniel Craig I hate Daniel Craig that's really? all I wanted to say okay fine <laughs> um, I just want to quickly add I, I'm, we're definitely watching Rise of the Planet of the Apes next week no I, I know you're giving me this look right but dude it's getting amazing reviews oh f- no, 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 dude, and everyone, I kid you not, I've listened to podcasts, and these are the people who have listened... What have they said about it? Okay, first of all, listen to me before. They all had the same thing as you and I did, right? Mm-hmm. That it looks stupid, it looks mm-hmm. ridiculous, and people are like, it's emotionally actually works, it emotionally works, like you actually feel what the apes, uh, like what Caesar's feeling, mm-hmm. and uh, like the action's really good, and it's really tense, even when you know the conclusion of the film, mm-hmm. it really works all as a, as a summer film. Some pe- and some people have actually been saying it's the best film of the summer. Oh, really? And that's why I'm saying I want you to watch it. Okay, I'll watch it, but... It does depend. What well, the first time I saw like a little clip of it, there were way too many apes taking over things for me to take it seriously. I, I will watch it. Though. But I'm no, but I, I think it. it might work. But I mean, clearly people are liking it. And if you don't enjoy it, I mean, if you don't like it, at least you get to rip rip it apart. And I'm so, very good at that. Yeah, and <laughs> because I think I'm already kind of the person who's gonna like it because it's already in my mindset yeah. to like a film. So um, I'm one over. <laughs> but I just want. I'm telling you so. And it's got really good Rotten Tomatoes score. It's like 85% right now. So I'm just saying it is working. Um, so that's basically our trailer segment. Yay. And again, I can't be asked to just take away. Let's just carry on uh, to our Senna. Actually, okay, we'll take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
so welcome back to our final segment, which is uh, reviewing Senna, the documentary uh, directed by Asif Kapadia, mm -hmm. and it's uh, written by Manish uh, Pandey. Mm -hmm. I just want to say to uh, you know, big ups to Asif Kapadia because he's a hackney boy, <laughs> so uh, you know, East London, and uh, he probably stole like a my, uh, I don't know my car wheels or something because <laughs> you are from Hackney you, it's like you have to or you're going to die if you're in Hackney <laughs> but anyway no I, um, so the Senna is a documentary of the F1 driver um, <coughs> of, of a legendary F1 driver he's mm -hmm. a Brazilian and uh, basically a, an icon for Brazil in many ways mm -hmm. uh but I, uh, the only conflicting issue I have is should we actually spoil the end of it? Like what happens? Like what his legacy is? Oh, um, well, to be... For the review, do you really think... I mean, to be honest, I think most people who will watch it, I think it's actually better for the spoiler to work because if they find out what happens, it ends on the shit, you know, if you expect what happens. Did you not Did you not know? I knew, I knew. Okay. That's what I, I, I would expect most people going into it would um, know. That's what I'm thinking yeah. about. But I still think we should say because it's going to be part of the discussion. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so just quickly to round it up, it's him kind of you know his rise and fame in F one, but it's also how he passed away as well on the F one course. I mean, we're gonna go back on to that, but I just want to say that to people because I mean it is kind of spoiler, but it's it's real life at the end of the day. So yeah. I mean, and I think it works better as a film to know it's a, mm -hmm. he dies because. So I'm just gonna go off with it. I think yeah, because you're watching this amazing, I, I really like. So I'm gonna go off and say I really like this film, yeah. right? But you want and it's so well directed and written, like in the mm -hmm. sense like you see all this footage in his rides, and, <coughs> and he's such a charming guy, mm -hmm. Ayrton Senna, right? You and you. But the thing is, you always feel this impending doom at the last half an hour, or yeah. when his death is coming, because yeah, he's got this, because he's because he's reaching these highs mm -hmm. of uh, F1 and. God say this is like I re I watched the you know uh, when we watched this film <laughs> right um, you you re I I mean the clips that you get from these films is impeccable like yeah. in the sense like uh, you really feel the thrill I mean my heart was being so fast watching mm -hmm. this like I was completely exhilarated I mean mm -hmm. this is as much as a what like a a far, you know like a fast five film in the yeah. terms of the the thrill of, of a drive or mm -hmm. an action film does this delivered it right and because it's really amazing i don't know and it is and uh you have amazing characters in it throughout right mm -hmm. and i love the fact it wasn't a talking head documentary in any way yeah. like they just used constant footage and i was reading upon it these there's fifteen thousand hours of footage yeah. they went through to do yeah. this film mm -hmm. so that shows you how amazingly how much work they had to get through mm -hmm. and they tell a fantastic story in the sense the way it's constructed it is a very streamlined story yeah um and it's a film it is uh just amazing like yeah. again just you have the right characters you have uh the history there and uh just uh, you know the, the politics the controversy mm -hmm. is quite uh Amazing, and I, I mean, I do watch F1, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I don't watch it, but as regularly, I watch it like every other Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But this, like, makes you really love it, appreciate F1, yeah, to another level. And, um, you, but sorry, you know, I went off a <laughs> James. What do you think of it then? I, I, I thought that as a film, it was a very good film. I was watching it, I watched it, uh, with my girlfriend, and she was like, Oh, I don't want to watch this. And she started reading um, Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, but, like, 
almost ten minutes in the film, she'd put the book down and was watching it, and she cares not about racing driving at all. Right. But she was really engrossed by the film. So as a film, it's really, really interesting to watch, but I feel as a documentary, maybe it doesn't hit the marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of being mm, informative about something, I feel like if you... If you're... I, I don't know, obviously, I can't tell you. If you know about... Ayrton Senna yeah then I watching the clips there's a lot of very interesting clips that they found but it's not it's not that informative right but it is it, de- it definitely tells a story right. so rather than try and give you an insight that you maybe didn't know right it just tries to tell a story in a storytime yeah. way rather than and it doesn't like, they could have gone for the angle they've gone up for is basically they especially at the end of the film they set it up for you feel the tenseness of the impending doom of what you know is going to happen. They talk about, you know, him collisions. They show uh, clips from his point of view, which, uh, you know, tense because you're in a, when you're going at those speeds, it's so fast. They talk, they do talk a lot about collisions and whether he's scared of death and his belief in God and that kind of stuff. But it's not, they don't, they could have like, when I was what I, in, from an informative point of view, I would have been more interested in... They don't talk about his relationships with other racing drivers as much as the, yeah, they, they could have done. Because um, they do talk about the pros stuff. Yeah. But they don't... They don't... like You think about how much you really hear about things from pros' point of view or people saying... You hear a lot about he's a great driver, which you already know, but you don't... They don't talk about other things about him, like his... Uh, so you know he won championships. You don't you don't know about how he how he was in the ones where he didn't win championships, or they didn't show enough. They didn't talk enough about his driving style for it to be yeah. informative about. I, I actually disagree with the driving style part because clearly that's why it was kind of like everybody was building up to his uh, because you right. know the, the controversy of the way he drives because he's collided with a lot of. Uh, he climbed with a lot of tires, right, in the races. Yeah, and that's because he, because you know, and there's because there's an awesome interview part yeah. where I think his name is uh, Jack Stewart or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he, and he's a driver himself. Yeah. He's a former driver, and he says to him, "How do you feel that you, you know, you endanger other people?" And uh, basically, and you know, Ayrton Senna just says, "No, I'm here to race. I see an opening. I'm gonna go for it." That's his style. Whereas the kid defined where Alan Probst, mm-hmm. right. Was not that kind of driver. He was a calculative man, right? Mm-hmm. And he never go. And you see today's F one, the only one who probably goes for those kind of things is Hamilton, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But everyone else mm-hmm. is either to really good that they're yeah. always ahead, yeah. or they're just not good enough <coughs> and they just stay where they are yeah. and they're tactical. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Michael Schumacher was. I mean, in what, from what I can remember, as Schumacher was, mm-hmm. he was just a really fast driver yeah. rather than overtaking people. He was always ahead in yeah. the first place. With Aiden Senna, clearly you've seen like the, the clips and what he's done, like you know the whole Japan Grand Prix, right? When he went from like number sixteen to all the way to first, yeah. uh, and it's just amazing. Oh yeah, that that was the one we collided with Alan Prost, right? And then the controversy. Yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. And that was oh god, that story itself was amazing. But like, but if you think about it, like. Um, his kind of rivalry with Prost went over how many seasons was it? It's, it's like three seasons. It's roughly three seasons, but it was kind of. I wouldn't say it's a short part of the, it. Does feel like a short part of the film. Think how much actual like there was. I remember one soundbite from Prost, and there wasn't that much. I don't feel like there was that much talk. There wasn't that much talk about the juxtaposition. There, he didn't talk. 
he said there was a bit where he's like, oh, I don't like Pross, but it didn't feel like it was deep. And I know, obviously, they had to work with the footage they had and the sound bites they had. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I, 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 I wouldn't really want to criticise it for not mm. being as informative as I want it to be, because I was definitely engrossed. Right. So I did, re- I did really like it. That's just, um, I, I feel like, say if you're someone that already knows a lot of things about Unsent, I can imagine you being disappointed. Yeah, okay, I can see what you're saying there. But I think if you already well, I, was, I thought, like, I thought if you're, take, if you're bringing out a film now, so many years after his death, you would be taking it from a new angle, uh, but I don't really know. Okay, I mean, it's fair enough. I I didn't know much about him. All I knew yeah. was he was a great racing driver yeah. and he died. That's yeah. all about a new man. So for Which me, is basically what they say in the film. But no, but there's a story to it. There is, there is a story. There is a but, story. But, like I mean, I mean, you have his issues, you know, because no, there's a lot because he changed safety in F1. I mean, the fact where they left it at, you know, that there's not been a death, right? Yeah. Since uh, he, since uh, since he died. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, because there's a part where he's having an argument with the FIA president, mm-hmm. right? And <coughs> it's so important what he does there, and mm-hmm. you know, because. He speaks for the drivers, and he speaks obviously he speaks for himself as well. But it's the idea of because what he was trying to do was push the boundaries of actual racing, mm-hmm. and rather than being this calculative way mm-hmm. of winning with machines, mm-hmm. he was actually just being himself as a driver, you know. And that's why, and they show the incentive documentary of what he was. He was this man of a. Uh, pushing the limits of his machine, mm-hmm. which I really love. But, and, you know, as a person, he was really good. And I actually want to talk about some controversial parts about him, which okay. you don't show in the documentary, yeah. but I'm not going to go to that part yet. Mm-hmm. I uh, I actually wanted to talk about something, mm-hmm. and then I just completely you went on it. it. Yeah, I forgot it, but you uh, you go for it, if I remember. Um... You've taken me out at the moment now because you said I'm going to say something. Oh, and then I I'll go to the controversy now. I'll go to the controversy part. Like, uh, there's some stuff that they, um, they kind of... I mean, there's uh, some stuff in my style. Like, you know, they paint him in such a... Oh, sorry. Okay. So, okay, they paint him as this angel person, you know, this really nice guy. They do guy. paint him in a very positive light. In a positive light, yeah. right? And most of the time he was, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some weird stuff he done. Like, mm-hmm. he was dating a 15-year-old mm-hmm. uh, in Brazil and his uh, her girl's mom did chaperone mm-hmm. in the dates, you know, and he was like 28 or something yeah. when they're going out 29. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is some weirdness, controversy to him. And yeah. obviously, if you show that in this film, it completely made the image look odd and weird yeah. and made the director kind of this weirdo who kind of sympathizes that if they just, let's yeah. just say, impl- implemented that. Mm-hmm. But they showed, like, you know, him... He clearly had a, a, you know, a very a typical playboy kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. in a way. But he also showed that he gave gave a lot of crap about people. Yeah. And, you know, the, his foundation actually helps mm-hmm. people. And um, I think that was really cool what he's done for Brazil as a, you know, and it's amazing the effect he had on people. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing I actually want to talk about is actually the whole uh, faith thing, the God thing. Not, yeah. not about him believing God, but as a, just in terms of people, yeah. you know, famous people who always say they thank God yeah. for doing that. And um, I hear, you know, I, I don't know if it's atheists or anyone, right? But yeah, I, hear, I hear like, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, why do people think they're so special that they have to thank God? Like, do you think God would be the only, you know, like, okay, yeah. you, you understand, like, in a sense, like, oh, they're so special that God, out of all the universal bullshit yeah, going on, yeah. that they just pick him and do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, I mean, I, I am a religious guy, but mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that part. Like, what do you see that as then? Uh, 
as a you know as someone who keeps talking about I believe in God and God help me do you think do, do you think that was grating do you think or were you like what an idiot kind of thing um, def- no because especially in terms of this film it was I feel like that was a central pillar of what the driving force of the, the film story was trying to t- say it was very much it's very much about a lot of it is about how his feeling and what kind of I'm not sure if it's you could say what drove him to be the kind of driver and person he was. Yeah. And obviously he felt that, like, God... Well, that people mention, he, does he feel like God's protecting him? But God was a, something that drove him to be what he's like. So you, you're you used to... I'm used to sports stars, you know, after a race or something, they go, they go like, oh, yeah, first of all, I want to thank God. Sometimes it does feel like, you know, when people say that in interviews, they are just... Sometimes it feels like they're rattling off, you know, the first things. Like, first, I want to thank God and my manager and my mum. You know, these are just people they say. But when he was talking in interviews, I felt like he was saying, this is what makes part of me. They were trying to show it as what makes part of him rather than, you know, the typical sportsman. Yeah. I'm just saying it for the sake of it. Yeah. In my opinion, see, when even people do say that, I see it as more of a sign of humility than... uh, you know, then someone actually because people take it as being uh, an egotistic thing that you're special enough to be picked by God yeah. to win things, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think is he just feels blessed, you know, like thankful mm-hmm. that even whatever life he's still thankful he has, like mm-hmm. even like right now, like I thank God for what I have. But yeah. the thing is, because at the end of the day, people are dying of poverty every day, yeah. you know, and it doesn't make me special. It's mm. I'm thankful for it because whatever, I know it's getting really weird now <laughs> or too off tangent, but you know, like, yours, my soul, whatever, yeah. could have been born into an African, yeah. African child, you know, yeah. I could have died of poverty mm-hmm. and, you know, vice versa. So, yeah. I think, well, just, I mean, just saying the concept of religion and just saying that, so I know that was off tangent, but I just yeah. want to make that clear that yeah. I don't see that personally as someone who feels he's special in that sense. Mm-hmm. I see it as a sign of him just being humble. In a broad, in a broader sense, especially with, with Senna, I think when he did talk about God, he almost, he talked about it in the wider sense. So he said things about God, but I don't think he was talking specifically he wasn't always like God and me. It was just God in general yeah. and wh- how that relates to his life and also everyone's life. Because if he feels like God is, I don't know if he actually. I don't know if in this film he explicitly said like, "Oh, God, help me win this race." Right. Like some sports stars might say. Right. But he definitely said that like he believes in that influence overall not just relating to what he does yeah yeah okay fair enough I just want to I think it's an interesting point because you know a lot of people just say thank god and yeah. you know how people perceive that and I thought it relates definitely to this guy because yeah. obviously they are building up to his death and uh, it's kind of you know it's really sad but the images they show some people like mm-hmm. the guy uh, god I can't remember his name now uh, Chris um, or is it David Mon- Connolly or something <laughs> Which the guy that crashed just before? No, at the start, no, not the one just before dying, okay. but the other one, the uh, okay, that one at the start, the one you know, his leg is twisted. Okay, yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, that that was really disturbing mm-hmm. imagery. Like, I'm surprised they showed some of that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought just yeah, just the I really enjoyed. Like I said, that's why I said I have film. I have yeah, film. Yeah, it works, and I don't 
ever think they'll need to make a film like you know like a biopic of it because the driving yeah. itself is yeah. so amazing just like mm-hmm. like I said just I really feel that and you know I think Alan Probs I mean they've Perfectly make him the 2D villain, you know, in the <laughs> like they don't show another side to the yeah. guy, right? Uh-huh. Like, um, you know, you see a bit of a, like, you know, he's got the French kind of the chanter at the start when yeah. he's in, getting interviewed by that lady, mm-hmm. but then after that, he's just very, uh, you know, very uh, evil and mm-hmm. he's, they're clearly insinuating there's a relationship between him and the French guy, yeah. and, you know, and I find that interesting. I mean, like I said, as a story, it's really interesting. I liked uh, Ron Dennis as well as a person in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ron Dennis is being the controversial guy. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he always attracts that. I think yeah. I got to give credit to Ron Dennis as an overall person in mm-hmm. terms of as, as a person who manages a career. Yeah. But he gets top two drivers every time in the team. <laughs> like, you know, like, McCann's, you know, mm-hmm. coming back up and he had Hamilton and uh, Alonso. Yeah. He got rid of Alonso and mm-hmm. you could, pa- again, paint Alonso as Alan Probst style yeah. and uh, Hamilton as a center type. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton has the similar driving style yeah. as Senna. Like, I'm not saying he's good as him, but I'm saying he has that kind of wrist take. Like, uh, my friend is talk- telling me like uh, Hamilton had the race in Monaco and there's a tunnel part and Hamilton somehow overtook yeah. one of the race drivers mm-hmm. and it never happened before yeah. and that's the kind of driver Hamilton is yeah. but again then you have now Hamilton Button but I think Button's just too lazy to give a shit about <laughs> I really think so Button's just like I'm having fun I'm a playboy and mm-hmm. that's what Button has always been but yeah. sorry I'm going on death one tangent mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know I think it's a beautiful looking documentary as well. Yeah, There's a lot of great film footage. Like, I'm, you know, the interviews look really good. I mean... I'm impressed with the way they put it together. The clips that they picked were very interesting to look at. And I, I feel they got some... They had some good interviews with him. I'm not sure about that. Right. And there wasn't really a lot... You you had voiceovers from other people. Right. I'm not really sure, but I don't know how I feel about what other people's opinions of him actually are. But you do get a very personal view of him. You see a lot of him talking, and you have a lot of um, images of him driving. You know, images of him while he's while he's back in Brazil, like right. relaxing. Doesn't really tell you anything, but it does. It shows you him and the, the kind of you get a feeling of the kind of person he is, but not really the rest of the world around him. Okay, I, I understand what you're trying to say, but uh, the only thing I'd say is, is um, the score was amazing mm-hmm. as well. Wherever they chose music, it really worked. I mm-hmm. thought it had, it had a great beer, a Brazilian, but like also like very like a mix of indie classic or something. I don't mm-hmm. know what I had to explain it, but it felt really much. You know, like it had like a kind of guitar thing to it at some point. Guitars. Ooh, mm. yeah, I can't remember, no, but nice. it was something very like soft Spanish kind of yeah. feel to it. But I thought that was really good. Um, and uh, I got to give credit to the director and the editor and the producers mm-hmm. for the fact that they made a documentary our completely old footage yeah you have to actually appreciate it because there's like there's always footage of like talking heads and this and that and the fact that and I don't know I I got credit the director and the writer again the fact that the way they construct the story because a lot of direct you know documentaries are the director is right there with the action happening yeah right so you you talk about King of Kong Mm -hmm. or 
or what is a super size me it's yeah. the journey right yeah. it's from the beginning there's mm-hmm. not a re- there's a direction there's mm-hmm. an end but they don't know what it really is yeah. right whereas this you already knew the end game mm-hmm. but you actually construct it out yeah. with all this mm-hmm. amazing amount of footage and just make it a consistent story like it was like a perfect through line like, you know had like acts to it you know like first second and third act yeah. and in that way that's why again I'd say it's a great film overall um, I think that's basically summarized. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know how else because I really like this film. Yeah, I, I did mention the controversies. Actually, one more. They didn't like you know my mates uh, were talking about it. like the only issue they had was like you know they didn't talk about his relationship with the, one of the drivers, which was um, Gerhard Berger, and he's like those two are, like really best mates, right? Okay. And they used to play pranks a lot. Uh-huh. Like there's one where Senna had like this briefcase like tailor made briefcase yeah. on a, and they were in a helicopter and he said it's virtually indestructible mm-hmm. and Berger just throws it off the plane, uh, helicopter <laughs> and you know then they just prick it out later I, yeah. uh, that, and um, you know that kind of like you know just joking around yeah. kind of part of it but and that would be interesting but and because at the end you see the guy the blonde hair guy mm-hmm. like hugging someone and crying yeah. that's meant to be Gerard Berger okay. yeah so um, the only so he kind of paid an homage to like yes he had a relationship with this guy yeah. but other than that, overall, brilliant film. I can watch this again. I really think it's so exhilarating. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the best documentaries I've seen for it. You know, really, I think, as a storytelling yeah. piece of work, it's fantastic. Not as informative, mm-hmm. but as a story, as a film, fantastic. I would give it four out of four. Four! Damn! <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. I would give it... Uh, Three out of four. Only really? <laughs> not only because of three, maybe three and a half. No, that's because, why. No, no. Give it three yeah. out of four. Don't uh, change no, it. No, no, no. Because, no, because it's it, uh, giving it three makes it seem like I, it's not as good as it is. Because it is really good, but my expectations of maybe finding out something more. I don't feel like it's a re- it's a really good film, but not the best <laughs> documentary. I understand so, what you're saying. I, so I'm I have treat, that conflict. So, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I, what I always try to do is treat my film, my documentaries as films. Yeah. And uh, because I think that's the way I can enjoy it the most. Mm-hmm. And when I can't enjoy it and I take it as an informative piece of work, yeah. then I get bored really quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I can watch something like Louis Theroux's work because you got an entertained person there. Yeah. Right? It is informative, but you yeah. have that. Whereas you can do straight up, like, you know, like animal. I can't watch Animal Planet stuff. You know, okay, yeah. because it just bores me. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, and that's funny because I'm getting photography, and <laughs> I mean, that's all like beautiful photography. But uh, just going, but but you know, like I always like that's why I love things like King of Kong as well. Mm-hmm. It's just as a story, yeah. it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. But okay, I think. Uh, we're at the end. You've yeah, given it three out of four officially. Yeah. We'll keep it that way. Okay, three. fine. I don't think anyone's keeping score. Like, it's not a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so that's the end of uh, the episode. I really... <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's a bit short one, but last week was three hours. So uh, was it actually three hours? Yeah, because we fucked up episode six, okay, like yeah. I told oh, you. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of you know two episodes together. Okay, but um. Yeah, so you can get you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, look uh, us look us up on the Ump, which is spelled as uh, UMNP mm, or um, <laughs> and you can also find us on uh, our blogspot, which is theump.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, email us on theump at gmail.com. 
and um, where else? Oh, you find us on Twitter, which is uh, I'm my name is my Twitter name is at broken underscore engineer James's. Uh, mine is you know I forgot my Twitter. Okay, no, it's, it's not pajamas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex's is Alex Nick, and Ify's is uh, I Ahmed seven eight six. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I hope, no, I, I hope you listen. Hope yeah. you listen. <laughs> but if you do enjoy it, come on, you yeah, should listen because I'm back. Yeah, you're wankers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to bring out the episode two ending. Uh, we don't have to be. Fuck I you. Think that, wait, maybe that put people off. I think that kind of did. We, should, we need like a graph to see what the stats. Are. Uh, I, I, I can show you it, but <laughs> yeah, I want to look at that after. But um, again, yeah. So just you know, retweet our link and uh, or yeah, just tell people by. I really hope so. And. Uh, yeah, that's um, episode eight. And hopefully next week we will be rising with the planet of the apes. Rawr! <laughs> you racist wanker.